Hello, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> it is Top Fins with Twins. Um, it's Luke here. And Paul is there as well. And we would like to introduce our very special guest, Kyle. Um, Kyle is a member of one of our FPL leagues, a good friend from college. Um, and I'll hand it over to you, Kyle. You go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Been a long time listener of Top Fins with Twins. I remember when Day you guys one, started baby. this. <laughs> an OG supporter um, but yeah like like Luke said I, I met the twins out in college when we were out in Florida and uh, currently I'm in in Maryland living in Annapolis uh, long long time Premier League fan when I say long time I say about like 10 years or so but um, I'm a typical Man City <laughs> fan became it's a, crazy how that happens <laughs> I became a Man City fan because all my friends in high school were soccer players and they got me on FIFA and mm -hmm. I was just like Aguero. I like that guy. That makes sense. That's yeah. how I became a Man City fan. And then like two years after I became a fan, my friend was like, oh, Pep Guardiola is going to be your coach. And I was like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool. <laughs> um, and now I feel stupid for having been you know that that ignorant to how great this game is and how much history it has but um again you know happy to be here super excited yeah thanks for joining yeah. us Kyle we like you said we're very happy to have you here as well um, we feel blessed Paul <laughs> <laughs> you want to um, kind of update the people on what's been up with you or you just want to we can just dive straight into teams. I mean, that, that would be great. Yeah, I don't know if people want to hear about my life right now. <laughs> it's okay. We can skip this. We can right, um, skip that. <laughs> okay. Um, do you we have to do that? Yeah. Um, Luke, do you want to do your who, – whose team do we want to do first? Let's, let's go ahead. You tell everybody what think, we're doing right okay, now. Okay. So I think the best way for us to do this is we'll go through positions from all three of us. Um, so we'll probably start at goalkeepers work our way up to defenders, go to midfield, and then forwards. We can just kind of rotate as we go through those. Um, so that way okay. it's all kind of grouped together, and we can really talk about those at the same time. Legit. I'm here for it. Um, so, Kyle, as the guest, do you want to kick us off and tell us what two goalkeepers you will be picking for your wild card? Yes. So um, it was hard because I've been debating whether to actually wild card this week or mm -hmm. it seems like a, a very popular one or – as well as around game week eight. Um, it's when a lot of pictures switch over. But I think I'm going to definitely keep one of my keepers, Turner. I, I think Matt Turner, he, it, he's just a must. Matty T. Matty T. Baby Eagle. <laughs> um, also, congratulations to him. About to have uh, yeah. kids. So that's number two, all. right, I think. Or is it, this yeah. is the first one. Or is it number two? Uh, I think and, this is number two. This is, I don't know. I feel like it's the first one because remember they did like the on-field like gender yeah, reveal. Gender reveal yeah. Yeah. Probably it's probably yeah. the first one. Yeah, okay. But go ahead, keep keep with the spiel, Kyle. You got it. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's just kind of a must-have because of his price point, and he's a guaranteed starter. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think that's a steal this year. I think it kind of it was kind of nice that there were no rumors when they came out with these FPL um prices and then yeah. mm -hmm. he just kind of switched over so i think that's a that's a good one that we had this year yeah um, but I, I i think a wild card keeper to pick up is tottenham's keeper um vicario mm -hmm. uh, interesting I, 
I currently have Ederson now because of City's defense. But my only issue with Ederson is one, his price point of 5.5, 5. 5.6. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That can um, be really restrictive. Not that Vicario is much better at, at 5.1 currently. Um, but City don't concede a lot of shots. So Ederson's not going to get b- bonus points for saves. Um, yeah. He's not going to get accumulate bonus points, which keepers do quicker than defenders. Um, but Vicario currently is the top point-scoring keeper, and Tottenham have just looked really good. Um, they, they've got a solid back line. Um, they've conceded, what, four goals in their first four games. They held United to, to nil-nil, or 2-0, uh, and then Bournemouth. Two nothing. They kind of got sloppy towards the end of Burnley um, during game week four, but I, I think it's just hard to pass them over, especially with their upcoming fixtures that they've got coming up. Um, mm-hmm. what, what yeah, I think so, like my so Tottenham have Sheffield at home, <clears throat> Arsenal away, Liverpool at home, Luton away, and then Fulham at home. So those like game week eight nine fixtures between Luton and then Fulham. Those are very enticing. Yeah, Luke, and then they even even after that, like game week ten, they go they play Crystal Palace away, and then Chelsea at home. Those those could even be considered good fixtures. Don't want to keep her too. So, it's okay. a possibility. It's a good little chance. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, Kyle. The I don't know if I would wild card in Vicario though. I don't know if I would do that. Well, I, I mean, I'm interested to hear what you have because that's why it's kind of hard for me because he does have those two fixtures um, mm-hmm. against Liverpool, especially against Liverpool. He's not going to keep Arsenal. And Arsenal. But mm-hmm. the thing is, is like what, what did FPL come out with like last week that clean sheets are down like 33% than they were last year? Yeah, which, it's so um, hard to find a clean sheet. So Which hard. is yeah. kind of – where I'm at with all my defense and goalkeepers is that like I'm looking for any sign of one, a solid defense, which Tottenham look like they have a decent defense mm-hmm. this year. Um, yep. And also kind of not price restricting myself. I think midfield's the way to go this year. Yeah. 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 I, I would say that if you want to be attached to Spurs clean sheets at all, the best way to do it is to go for Udogi, which Luke is also a huge fan of, or Pedro Poro, one of those defenders instead of the goalkeeper at this point. I think going into week eight, that's that's probably a gold standard as a goalkeeper right there. Yeah, I think going into week eight. definitely a good shout for that. Um, Interesting. I, you, you said Udogi and Pedro Poro. I think I'm going to drop a bombshell on you a little bit later. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Looking forward to that. Um, right. yeah, I, I are your two keepers. My two? Okay, so yeah. um, I picked Bert Leno. Is that Wes in the background? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked Bert Leno um, from Fulham. Um, he's currently at 4.6. <laughs> What's up, Westicle? Yeah, okay, so we, we fight through it, right? Um, so <laughs> he's at, currently at 4.6 million. 
Um, and with him, I'm kind of just looking for the, those like three pointers because I don't expect Fulham to keep a clean sheet, but I think he's going to rack up the save points and say they luck upon a clean sheet, then he would have the potential for an almost automatic three bonus, right? I mean, um, if you look at their next four, Luke, I mean, I think it's a pretty good shout. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, you have Luton, you have Crystal Palace, you have Chelsea. So, I mean, you could see maybe one or I've two. I've been Sheffield too. Sheffield at home. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's very possible. Um, then my other keeper, I picked Areola from West Ham. Um, he, at his price point, really hard to pass up, right? Um, and he's, I mean, I'm pumping the brakes on this one. <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude, they play Man City, Liverpool, Sheffield, and Newcastle, and then Villa. What? No, I'm, honestly, I'm fine with that, but How? Idea, How because of what he costs. The the per, the point being, you can rotate him with Leno, right? Through all those first three or four fixtures, what? Leno's going to be playing. Okay, he's is he's so cheap. I mean, that's the main reason to target him, right? It's the price point. Um, and on top of that as well, like I just think that West Ham are going to keep some clean sheets and matches that people are surprised about. Right, like they're so solid at the back. You know, they sit really deep and they have a really nice back line. So I would expect them to. I mean, up to this point, I think they've been one of the surprises of the season. You know, we'll see yeah. how their form continues after the international break. But I, I really like the way they've looked. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, dude, it's the it's their midfield. It's really their midfield. Like, I mean, if you look at who they brought in, like they've they've built a cohesive midfield that can keep people from running mm-hmm. at their center backs, which is what the yeah. problem last year. So. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's definitely two interesting keepers. Um, Matt Turner, I would prefer to have him in my team, but I'm a little worried about the rotation there. Um, with them bringing in the keeper from uh, Benfica, I I don't know. I think in the future there could be problems there. For now, it seems like he's locked into the starting spot, but there could be rotation risks there. Um, so I just keep an eye on that. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Paul, let's hear your goalkeepers. Okay, so mine is number one, Matty T, of course. And then um, number two is Ederson. Mm, interesting. And so the main reason that I am enticed by that, because obviously, as Kyle said, we know that Ederson's not going to be a bonus point machine, and the clean sheets are down this year. But looking at their run of fixtures over the next three, they play West Ham, Nottingham Forest, and Wolves, which mm-hmm. kind of difficult, like – I don't love that run of fixtures, but I really think that after that, you could transition into another goalkeeper going into week eight. Right. Which maybe that it depends on what you really want. Like if you don't want to use the transfer, Ederson probably isn't the way to do that. If you don't want to waste one on a goalkeeper, what I actually would just yeah. for like a good run of fixtures for another keeper. But I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, probably Ederson. I, I would stay with Ederson, but I was really going back and forth about the second goalkeeper to have. Like, mm-hmm. it's a really difficult choice, like you all said. Like, clean sheets are really hard to find this year. Yeah. And, and it's that's, difficult. That's kind of why I went for Leno, just because I feel like he offers the save point potential. Um, yeah. You know, and that that's, you know, if we can get an extra point from our keepers this year, that could go a really long way. So, yeah. You know, one I was actually considering the, maybe over Ederson or like as a second option to Ederson after him is Nick Pope. I think that's a good shout with their upcoming yeah. 
with their flip of the fixture, like they have not mm-hmm. looked well by any means to start the season, but they had a very tough beginning. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested though with with your picks, Paul, because I think the combination of Ederson and Turner for the coming game weeks is very appealing. So yeah, game week five, Ederson has West Ham, which we know. Uh, that's I'm not confident in that game for City because <laughs> West, Ham, West Ham West Ham is a counterattacking machine. They sit back and they hit on the counterattack, and that has been City's weakness historically. But however, Nottingham Forest had Burnley, which is mm-hmm. an FDR of two. So you could start Matty T this week, flip back over to Ederson for City's matchups against Nottingham, Fortest, and Wolves. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they have Arsenal in game week eight where Nottingham Forest have Crystal Palace. So mm-hmm. I think that's and then, very and then appealing. Lose and then, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's very appealing, kind of like the rotation between them two at the moment with their favorable fixtures. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, let's move on to defenders because um, – I don't know how much time we have, but let's let's just keep it rolling. Um, Kyle, you want to do your back line real quick? Yeah, Run yeah. So um, with me, I think number one currently, not a cash. Um, after seeing the first two weeks, I was skeptical. And then he had the 17-point game week against Burnley where he's going forward. Cheers um, to that one. That was a good one. For you. <laughs> that was a good one. And then he had a negative God one. God damn. For with yeah um, <laughs> when i started him <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and i actually had him on my bench and ended up throwing him in because i thought liverpool may have been a little rocky at the back without virgil van dyke but mm-hmm. turned out not that way i mean it doesn't help when they get they got a red card correct and then yeah um, yeah, did. Mm-hmm. yeah and then Cash had to drop back into defense, so that oh, what that that was an injury, yeah. Oh, wasn't it? It was yeah, an injury. Yeah, right. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So he did have to drop back, and then that's when he got the unfortunate own goal. Nothing he could do about it. But yeah, uh, yeah. I currently have him in my team. I'm going to keep him in my team. But mm-hmm. then, kind of just to go through, kind of what I said, uh, defense. I'm just not convinced on this year. So I would. Transfer out Ederson, so I'd free up a Man City asset. And I would pull in mm-hmm. Ake. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I like know that there were. Yeah. yeah, at five point one, I know that they were talking about injury concerns over this international break. But if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he was spotted in training, like the next day, and it was a very. Yeah, he he played all ninety whenever they played. I think they played Ireland. Gotcha. Yeah. So he's going to be there. Yeah. He's looked, he looked, he's looked threatening on set pieces, um, corners. Mm -hmm. I believe what he has about like, I think he has two goals this year already. Um, so I I like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, (laughs) Um, Then, um, this one's a tough one, but goose gusto. Um, from Chelsea, I know why, that. Why James, do you? Why do you say it's a tough one? Because Reese James is about to come back, so yeah. I don't think he'll get the minutes. But I think if Chelsea are smart, they'll rotate him in 
with injury concerns to Reese James mm-hmm. and knowing Reese James, he's going to get injured again. So price um, point of 4.2 where I'm thinking I will end up probably playing a back three most of the time going forward is yeah. just hard to pass mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, bombshell. I would go with Romero. Oh, interesting. Tottenham. So what, what is, is it kind of his goals up to this point? Is that what you're thinking? Is yes, it the way I, he I, loves I, to tear people's ACLs and hurt them as much as possible? Well, yeah. <laughs> we've talked about this. Come on, man. <laughs> it is go a ahead, very Kyle. appealing factor, Paul, but no, that is not <laughs> I, I picked him. Um, Does he get FPL points for that? <laughs> <laughs> Bonus points loves that metric. <laughs> um, but Romero is just, yes, I've liked the way kind of similar to Ake, how he's looked on set pieces, especially with James Madison now on those set pieces. Um, They're getting better service, I believe, this year, and Romero has been flourishing and kind of all the same things I said about um, the keeper is that they're looking good. And then last one is I would go with Anderson from Luton. Interesting. Are you four point Price enabler. He is he is a bench he he would be a bench um defender most of the time, but they have upcoming fixtures against Fulham in five, Wolves in six, and then a double game week seven versus Everton and Burnley, all with FDRs mm-hmm. So he got he did get the goal versus West Ham. Um but who's their other defender that most has like a higher ownership? Boring. I think it's Bell. I think Bell has a high ownership. Yeah, Bell had a high like, really also, ownership. Really. I think Kabore is pretty high too. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, because Bell has a six point five. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I, I think that's hard to pass up with those upcoming fixtures and his price point of four point You could always sit them if they look really bad. Mm-hmm. which I would end up probably doing anyway afterwards. Um, but with a double game week, I think it's worth a shot. Yeah. To, yeah. To have, I, have agree. I like that for a price enabler. That's a really good shot right there for. Um, yeah. And I, I would honestly, person, I would be a little worried about the double be, because it's Luton, but because their fixtures are so nice going into it. If he comes yeah. off the bench during that run, I mean, it's possibly comes in with points too, right? So I think it's a great idea for a wild card to have them built into your team already and not have to make those transfers again. I mean, yeah. yeah and then, go ahead, Luke. Or, uh, uh, so, I was just going to say, like, it, it's a little, like, worrisome because he didn't play in game week two and he only had 13 minutes played in game week three. However, I think with having... 90 minutes played against West Ham, even though they lost two to one and he, he scored the goal. And honestly, they didn't look as bad as they have. Um, mm-hmm. They yeah, look better. They looked better. They look, they looked a lot better. Um, so I, I think that just gives them hope going forward. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, like you said, Kyle, exactly. Like, I mean, this year, the clean sheets are kind of sporadic and everywhere. I mean, you have two shots at a clean sheet with one defender, even if it's on Luton in that double week. It may be worth starting him, you know, honestly. Mm-hmm. Cheeky little mm-hmm. shout there, you know. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I like that back line a lot. Yeah. Um, I think too. Romero is someone to keep an eye on as well because 
you know, his price tag, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people prefer Udogi, and personally, I do as well, but I could easily be overlooking Romero. Um, so I, I definitely like that shot. I think it's a good one. Yeah. All right, Luke, let's hear your back line, big dog. All right. So um, if I were to wildcard this week, I think I would be trying to play a little aggressively. Um, so with that being said, my back line would be Alex Moreno from Villa. Mm. I think, you know, there's going to possibly be some rotation, maybe build him into the squad. But with my other defenders, I could easily sit him on the bench for like a week or two. Um, and then by the time he gets, you know, going full fitness, ready to play all 90, they have a really nice run of fixtures. And it's a transfer I wouldn't have to make afterwards. Um, so I, I really like that a lot. Um, after that, I have Trippier as one of my defenders, which is probably going to be pretty controversial. Um, but I think their run of fixtures look incredible. Um, I, I don't, and I think they're going to turn it around. Like under Eddie Howe, Newcastle has shown that you know they kind of go through these highs and lows throughout a season. But yeah. I do expect them to respond and you know have a pretty pretty emphatic response. So I'm I'm happy to have them in the team. Um, my third defender is going to be a stupid on, I think, in my opinion, regardless of Brighton's fixtures, he, he's locked into the team, right? Um, and then for my, for my fourth defender, I have Egan Riley. He's a 3.9 mil defender. So he's an enabler. And as we'll see later, I had to have him on my team in order to kind of get this where I wanted it. Um, my fifth defender, um, is Udogi. I I love everything he does for, for Totten, the way he pushes up on the left. He's creative, but I think he also offers a sense of solidity that they've really needed from in the past. Um, so I really, I, I just love him as a player. I think he's going to be, I could see him hitting like five, 5.1 easy by the end of the season. I think he's going to be probably over 50% ownership by probably around Christmas or so, as long as Totten continue in their form. Um, yeah, that's my back line. Um, Paul, I'm going to pass it over to you and let's see who you have in the team. I'm going to read it real quick. Um, so I have Udogi, Trippier, Cash, Gusto, and Chilwell. And obviously, I think Newcastle's going to flip. Trippier is a good shout. Cash, like Kyle talked about, this man's probably going to score maybe two or three more goals, the rest, maybe more the rest of the year. Like he just looks like he's going to be in attacking positions. Gusto, we talked about his question marks, but. He plays. He looks like he's going to be a really good option. Chilwell, if he's still playing that winger position, which I don't know by Pochettino, which I don't know. I go back and forth. What do you all think? Like Chilwell in that wing position, do you think that's good for Chelsea? Like, what do you all think? I don't. I don't know, honestly. Um, and it's just, I think they're still finding themselves Chelsea. So yeah. it's hard for me to like, I, I currently have Chilwell on my team, but it's just hard for me to support him considering also, I think we all saw the video where he was one V one with the goalkeeper and he needed to shoot that ball. But he <laughs> I was watching that. that shit live. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure all of us were like standing up about to yell like goal but he passes the ball and I just think that he's a defender at heart and he might get some assists but I don't see him scoring too many goals mm -hmm. yeah 
I, I personally think Cole Palmer is going to unlock a lot for Kelsey. If he plays in like that 10 role centrally, I think he could be excellent for everyone in Chelsea's side, including Chilwell. You know, if he's pushing up high on the left, then that could be great. You know, if Cole Palmer is playing him that ball through, it's going to be a lot better than anyone else who is right now, I think personally. Yeah. Um, but all right, shall we dive into midfielders? Kyle, you want to go first? We shall. By the way, just keep it running. I'm going to get the premium subscription to work up. Keep okay. it on, though. Go ahead, Kyle. So um, the midfield, again, is kind of like what I touched on earlier, where I spent the majority of my money. Um, I've got Matoma in there. Um, you you guys have touched a lot. The Matoma versus mm-hmm. March debate. I just – I lean towards Matoma because I think yes. I think in these more difficult fixtures – he just gives more, and I, I see more flashes from him than I do from March. Um, he can take on defenders 1v1 and make something happen where I feel like March is always, like, on the end of it. So mm-hmm. he might get some assists to March, but he'll also get more assists to other people. So that's why I just kind of lean more towards Matoma, but I don't think you could go wrong either way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep Madison in my team. Uh, he's just looking really good. Um, they've got Sheffield. And then this again is where that like seven, eight is kind of also more appealing because they have Sheffield at home, but then they have Arsenal away, Liverpool at home, but then they come back with Luton away, Fulham at home, Crystal Palace away. So if you also wild card around that eight, it's very appealing um, for him. But then I started my transfers and I'll go with Diaby. Um, yeah. I think right. we're good guys, just so you know. Um, Diaby, Aston Villa has just a very good run of fixtures here coming up. They've got Crystal Palace, they have Chelsea away, Brighton at home, which are a little bit more difficult games, but then Wolves, West Ham, Luton, Nottingham Forest, Fulham. Yeah, so that's that's an excellent run. And he's returned against Newcastle, Burnley, Liverpool. Mm -hmm. So he didn't didn't do against uh, Liverpool. But um, those are people they they played against. He's looked good, so I like him in my team. Um, pre, I have two premium midfielders. Number one is Son. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, for all the same reasons of Madison, um, I, and this is very dependent on if Son stays in that striker role. Um, he f- flourished in it last week. Um, I think that. He's the man to play there. I think even if you want to start for Charleston, you need to put him on the way, and I think he'll probably put away more chances. I think he's in his head a lot, and he just needs some pressure taken off of him. So if he plays on the wing, he's not as expected as many goals. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that switch is going to be helpful for Tottenham. And Son, we all know his abilities. He can go off for three goals um, and even against Arsenal and Liverpool, they both have looked rocky at the back at times. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see him score one or two goals. He always comes up in big games as well. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kyle, I'd love to hear your opinion. Um, the Arsenal and Tottenham matchup. Who do you see coming out on top for that one? Currently, currently, I based on run of fixtures and players' forms, I see Tottenham taking that game. However, I could also see like a two-two draw. Yeah, um, I can't believe it. Arsenal's back line has not been looking good. I'm in they, shambles. <laughs> I'm, I'm praying on your guys' downfall this year. No, I'm praying on your downfall, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always is. Um, and just, I, I think Tottenham have just kind of like have, have a spark in them. I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of weird considering they lost Harry Kane. I think this team would have been very exciting to see with Madison and Kane in the same team. I think nuts. 100% agree. I I could go on about this for hours. Like I think if Harry Kane would have stayed at, at Tottenham, it would have changed FPL completely. Dude, he left at the exact wrong time. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, like have you did you hear the interview he did last week about Bayern Munich where he was like I left Tottenham because I really just wanted to be in contention on UCL nights and these big nights and all these things. And it's like, bro, you literally probably, if he would have stayed, they would have been in contention probably to win the Prem. Yeah. I guess. I I wouldn't be shocked though to see him do like a year, maybe two at Byron and then go to like United or something like that. Um, Don't mention that on the spot. I'm just saying, I, I feel like it's very, very possible from what I've heard. So. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, my last defender to get back on, or defender midfielder to get back to this is Salah. Mm-hmm. I am, I was able to make room for him at that twelve point five currently. Um, I've slept on Salah the past two years because last year and this year currently, just because. You have Holland in there for two or one and a half million more. Um, it, it's hard to fit both of them in at the same time. Mm-hmm. However, Salah has been just kind of like a point machine, which is it's sometimes hard to justify for the price point of 12.5, but he has returned in every game this year. Five points against mm-hmm. Chelsea, five against Bournemouth, five against Newcastle and eight against Aston Villa. He is averaging an expected goal contribution of 1.17 every 90 minutes. So he's also averaging. It's not that he's outperforming his XG or his XA. He is expected to return every game so far. Um, And they play Wolves, West Ham, They do play Spurs and Brighton, which could be difficult, but then they have Everton, Nottingham Forest, and Luton, which if Salah finds his form, that is a very, very appealing captaincy option for those game week fixtures to rival Holland. Yeah, completely. You're exactly right. I think that's one of the biggest arguments for bringing him in on a wild card. Is purely just like he offers that explosive nature and also consistent points that make you feel a lot comfortable captioning him over Holland. And he's mm-hmm. on pins, nailed on pins. Love well, that is he? I don't know if he should be. I I think he'll still be on <laughs> that five corner. That five quarter against Bournemouth, a little sketchy. 
I think he'll. I think he's still nailed on to him, but he has been looking pretty sketchy these past this yeah. past, it's kind of past like couple when, of years. Yeah, when Ollie Watkins would go to take a pin, you'd literally just be watching it like this. <laughs> and now that he's off pins, he's almost a better asset, which is so crazy. Um, yeah, but I, I, think that I like the slosh out. He's kind of similar to Harry Kane. Was last year where it was just like a goal game, maybe mm-hmm. two. Maybe you get to assist, but you feel like you're going to get points from him regardless. But you also feel a solid, though. I feel like there's going to be that week where he just has, like, three goals and one assist. Like, he just has that, like, burst ability to, like, get so many points in a week. Yeah, and we saw that. We saw that last weekend, you know? Well, two weekends ago now, I guess. Um, But he, he just has the poacher's instinct. You know, he's just hanging out at the back post, gets a tap in, and that's what we want from our FPL assets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. All right, Lucas, let's hear your midfield. All right. So um, this kind of ties in nicely to what Kyle was talking about earlier in his midfielders. Um, my first midfielder is Sully Marsh. Um, I just was waiting, waiting for the booze to come. Yes. Um, so. Matoma. As we all know, I'm a big fan of Sully Marsh. I think this season he has been in really good positions, um, especially the first two fixtures, right? Against Luton and Wolves, he looked incredible. The connection between him and and CISO was fantastic. But now that CISO's out for who knows how long, um, that that is kind of something negative in his direction at the moment. But I I love the idea of him being on an, an opposing wing to Matoma just because he can be on the end of you know Matoma's almost always going to beat his man 1v1 right yeah he, he's just too quick too creative with the ball um, hey did you all deep- know that um he did a dissertation on dribbling have you all heard that random fact that nobody else knows no wait tell me more <laughs> can you believe that just sorry I, I interrupted you like but keep going <laughs> yeah but I was just saying you know like as Matoma forces a defense to rotate, I feel like Silly Marsh ends up in these amazing positions around the six-yard mm-hmm. box, um, and he, he's on set pieces as well. So I think that's something that kind of different, differentiates him a little bit in my mind. Um, and did he write a on dribbling? <laughs> he, he might have, but I don't think he told anyone about it. <laughs> hey, we can't blame Matoma for this. <laughs> That's bad. it's the media i gotta support my dude you know no i think it's just like you said it's just so funny how often you... <laughs> so it's constant it's like literally like if matoma like walks in the grocery store it's like somebody in the pa is like did you all know <laughs> i feel like we should start a false rumor and be like did you know silly marsh wrote a paper on growing grass for his dissertation <laughs> makes them completely <laughs> random it makes no sense <laughs> That doesn't make sense. Billy <laughs> Marsh, you know, he he wrote a dissertation on tap-ins. Like, He's good at it. On the dribbles. Yeah. Arriving in the box. Arriving in, in the conclusion, six. In his conclusion, he said, I just need a really nice partner on the left wing for me. <laughs> and then Brighton found him the right thing. Yeah, and it will be. One. Think about Brighton, how Fati is going to fit into that system. <laughs> It's it better be the 10. It better be the 10. 
I think he could be the 10. You know, he he has that instinct, instinctual creativity with how he plays. But I could see him rotating with Marsh on the right. Maybe Matoma a little bit. Um, so it's it's just going to be a lot harder to predict how who's going to be in the starting 11. Dude, just, gonna... just imagine. Honestly, it's literally he is a better version of an Enciso where, like, playing through the middle, like, Ansu Fati is just – He's gonna tear people apart if he's in that in the middle of that Brighton attack. Like it's gonna it's gonna be scary. <laughs> like let's let's hope he can stay healthy. You know, I think being in Brighton, there's not gonna be yeah. as much pressure. Um, he probably won't get nearly as many minutes as he had earlier on in his career. So it, it should be good for him. You know, kind of build up that confidence, yeah. and you know, hopefully he turns into a great FPL asset. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so my second midfielder is James Madison. Um, I think, you know, he's just, he's such an incredible asset for FPL. As of now, he is an XGI of 3.4. Um, he's looked like Tottenham's, Tottenham's creative engine, right? I think every time you see him with the ball, you think something's good, something good is going to come out of it. And really like from FPL assets, all we can ask is they're, they're in, you know, threatening positions and we know they have the capability to capitalize on those and he 100 percent has the capability to do that so he's someone who i mean he's going to be in my team for probably the entire season you know he's he's someone i see yeah. as completely fixture proof i don't see him going anywhere anytime soon in my opinion um my third asset in the midfield is son i really loved what i saw from him we've been talking about it for a little while on the podcast but if he's going to be playing as that striker, that number nine, we, I feel like we almost have to have him in our teams, you know, because just the way that he, he he's kind of lost a step a little bit is what it feels like. He doesn't have that burst that he had three or four years ago, but he still has the finishing ability. He's really good with the ball at his feet. And I think that kind of plays in better to him playing as a number nine up top. Yeah, um, so, I, I think I think Luke, what what he's missing, it's not really the burst, it's the sustained burst, you know. Like, because when you're on that wing, like I think he can like get past people a little bit, but he just can't sustain it as well. And like playing in that in that nine position, he just gets past defenders and then finishes. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's a yeah, little bit of a difference. I, I think the burst a little bit, just in the way that like squaring up a defender one on one. He doesn't quite have that explosiveness he did earlier on. But as opposed when he's playing a nine, he can just be on a defender's back and make that run in behind. Yeah. Um, and then it's a lot easier when you have a defender going full pace trying to catch up to you because he he can definitely send a defender in that situation. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm very excited. Hopefully we get confirmation that he's still playing up top during Ange's press conference, but might not get that. I, I don't know. So I think for a lot of people, it'll be very dependent upon where he's playing, um, as we've said earlier. But if he is exactly. playing, a, I think he's a very interesting captaincy option this week against Sheffield. Yeah. I think yeah, I he, he's going to keep an eye on for that. Um, but, okay, so moving on, uh, my fourth midfielder is Diaby, very similar to Kyle. Um, I think that he offers a really nice attacking option in a very attacking team. Um, and we've seen like his XGI currently is 1.4 with he already has two goals and one assist. So he's really outperforming those numbers. And I don't expect to see him kind of revert to the mean. 
I think he's very clinical and he finishes really well. He's he's going to be a great asset for Villa for a long time. And he he's just a lot of fun to watch too. You know, as we own these players in FPL, it's a lot more entertaining if we enjoy watching them play because we know we're going to watch them play. So we might as well as enjoy watching players that we enjoy and, you know, offer good FPL um, value as well. So for my fifth and final midfielder, I have Brian and Bomo. Um, he has been a revelation this season. Everyone thought that, including myself, I thought that Brentford were going to fall off a little bit. And um, they really just, they haven't done that. You know, they've been incredible assets to have across the board. If you got early on him and Wissa, I mean, you're, that that's a huge asset for your team. Um, and now it feels like we're all trying to catch up a little bit around the time maybe they're cooling off maybe they're not so it's it's a difficult time to decide whether or not to bring them in but with the way that mbomo has been playing i think he has to go into your team if you're wild guarding especially with their fixtures coming up um, they have newcastle away i believe everton and then forced um, and all those are really good matchups so i i think you know if Maybe they're not making think, their team. Wait, wait, wait. You think Newcastle and United away both are good fixtures for Brentford? That's Everton. No, I know. I, but it, like their next four, it goes Newcastle, Everton, Forest, and United. Yeah, no, I think those last three are really good. Um, I The way that Brentford play, I think he's going to be involved in goal situations pretty much regardless of who they're playing. Because of their style, I think they, you know, they set themselves up very specifically, and Mbomo can be seen as like the, you know, talisman of sorts. Um, so yeah. I think, I think he's almost he's a little fixture proof in my opinion. Yeah, dude, especially with the the way they draw pens and him being on pens for them, like, right. he, I think he's just kind of a good person to have sit in your team for most of the season. You know? Yeah, agreed. All right, Paul, let's hear your midfielders. All right. Well, first off, I'm going to shock both of you. And the first midfielder I'm bringing in is Raheem Sterling. Raheem the Dream. What? <laughs> yeah. I would like you apologize for all this <laughs> that you have slandered. <laughs> this. I just. I don't know if you're actually, if your account's <laughs> able to own Sterling. <laughs> Blockers. I have prayed on his downfall. <laughs> I don't pray anymore. <laughs> but I think that if there's goals in this Chelsea team, it's gonna be through Sterling. Like especially you saw, I think it was was it which week was it? Um week two against West Ham. Against Luton too. I mean, so against West Ham, he looked it was like, okay, maybe he's got a little something back from maybe the city days. And then he had a two-goal, one-assist performance against Luton, which is asterisk, of course, like it's Luton. So we'll see. But, I mean, and then, like, I mean, even his, like, his XGI against Nottingham Forest when they lost, which, I mean, Chelsea just generically did not look good, was 0.59. Not a bad result. And I think Chelsea may figure it out, figure it out over the next couple of fixtures. I mean, they have Bournemouth, Villa, Fulham, and Burnley the next four. I love all those matchups for getting a goal for a couple goals for Chelsea if they can figure their attack out. And I think over the international break, it's kind of a little time for them to reset, maybe get some different pieces together, 
figure some stuff out, even though some people are gone, but Potch can kind of sit, analyze his team, figure some things out. So I honestly, I don't mind that, even though I'm kind of tripled up with Chelsea in this um, wild card. I don't love that, but like with price enablers of Gusto and Chilwell, I think it's a necessary evil. Honestly, the way he's playing as a fullback, it's really hard to ignore him. And Sterling, like I said, I just think if Chelsea's going to get goals, he's going to be the one that's involved with a lot of that. So uh, quick question for both of you guys. If say you were tripled up on Chelsea and you were not wildcarding this week, would you actually transfer out any Chelsea assets? No. You wouldn't? Unless it's Jackson. Sorry, he's out. Can't keep him. <laughs> what do you think, Kyle? It, it depends. It depends on who it is, but mm-hmm. I think if you're tripled up, maybe transferring one out. I mean, they do have a favorable run of fixtures, but just they're so unpredictable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I the week building up to last last game week, game week four, there were so many people going on about Sterling. And I just like I, I wasn't trying to change people's opinion. But at the same time, I was just very skeptical of Sterling, right? He he yeah. looked great, but I think I think that was more indicative of what Luton is as opposed to what Chelsea is. That's valid. So that's valid. Well, I'll go to my next midfielder, which it's going to be, like all of us agree, James Madison. Don't think I need to dive that deep on him. I think it's really, really straightforward. I think he should be on everybody's team probably the rest of the year. Next, we have Eze, who I saw early on this year, saw preseason, what he was doing. Like He had, what was it, like six or seven returns in preseason. So I was like, okay, he's he's got to figure it out. I'm going to throw him in the team. We'll see what he does especially for his price point. And then he did not return for three straight weeks <laughs> in the start of the season. <laughs> and then last week he gave me a goal. Um, it was a winner for Crystal Palace. And like the numbers are there though. I mean, if you look at it, like his XGI, I mean, from week one, it was 1.09, second week 0.40, Brentford 0.42, and then the last week 0.76. I mean, I think – if Palace are in the goals, I think Eze is going to play a part in that. And also for his price point, I think he's a good enabler for a lot of other options that within your team, you know? Yeah, he is. I think he, he, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, he's one of those players where he's just so fun to watch play. He's so yeah. He glides. Mm-hmm. He really does. All right. And next I have Diaby, which we all, we all agree on Diaby. I think we all know what he is, what he's going to do for them. At this point. And then last, I have Luis Diaz. I want to hear y'all's thoughts on this. What do we What do we think? I, basically, for me, I would have gone solid, but I didn't have the money in this team to do it. So, um, I think Diaz is a great shout. Uh, I had Diaz last year in the same boat, mm-hmm. both Kane and Holland, and Diaz was my... Um, Liverpool asset and mm-hmm. he did well for me. I mean, he he consistently put up points. Whether you know there were definitely a couple games where he blanked, um, but I think I went back and forth between him and Gakpo once they signed him. So yeah. I sometimes did a lateral switch depending on what I saw um, with run of form and kind of rotation with them at the time. Uh, that would be my only thing with Liverpool is that they have so many attacking options mm-hmm. that 
anyone other than Salah, I feel like, is not guaranteed to start every single game. Yep, exactly. Especially yeah, with European competitions coming in really soon. It's going to be a rotation nightmare, I think. And that I have Jota in my team currently. And that's someone that I would like to keep. You know, they have good fixtures coming up. But at the same time, if he's not going to start, he, he can't be in the team, you know. Um, so it, I, I do foresee Diaz as being maybe a little bit of a headache at times. But if he's playing, if he's starting, he's going to be a great asset to have. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to see this Wolves-Liverpool game this weekend. I think their midfield's going at it. It's going to be really fun to see how that game plays out. I would love to see if Graven Burke is going to start. Um, I think he... I don't think so. Why not? Not yet. I mean, I, I, I don't know if he'll start right away. It just depends on what Klopp wants, you know? I, I think he will, because I think they need that... Um, Solid think, six, you know? Yeah, yeah, they really need it. Someone, it'll make Trent's job a lot easier. Um, yeah. It'll help their it center backs a lot. A lot more creative, and it helps the back line out so much, too. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, all right. So, the actually, that was my last midfielder. Yeah, we went through that quick. Okay. So, um, do we want to shift to forwards? Yeah. Kyle, you want to go first? Sure. Um, forwards, I actually... In my wild card, did not move anyone. Um, so currently, I'm sitting on Holland, Alvarez, and Raul Jimenez. Um, yeah, interesting. Man, Raul is the talisman of that attack, let me tell you. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> um, so, Holland, uh, there's nothing to say about him. Um, Alvarez, I was very happy that I was on Alvarez at the beginning of the year. Um, and his first game, he started, got um, an assist, and with the KDB injury, it kind of, you know, as a City fan, that kind of sucks, but it made me as an FP owner more confident that Alvarez will play almost every game along, mm-hmm. um, either alongside Holland or underneath. Um, I... I really enjoyed him playing underneath Holland. I think that's he's kind of thrived in that position. He's picked up the ball run. He he does have good distribution, so he gets those assists. And he just kind of also has that poacher instinct where like Holland shanked his shot, but Alvarez was right there last week to just tap it in. So mm-hmm. um, it does worry me because Foden could easily take up that role, I think, and perform at a similar level. Um, but Luke would argue better. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I'd argue. I think they have different attributes, right? Um, yeah. It just kind of situationally, one's better than the other. And it just, you know, it, it, it is what it is, right? You know, it depends on whatever Pep decides to do. So uh, I was hoping you'd Oh yeah, like, the, go for it, Luke. I was like, okay, let's, I was setting no, a stone. I, I really, there's a lob there, and you just watch it go out of bounds. That's no, frustrating. I, maybe I guess, but um, I really do appreciate everything that Alvarez does. I think him playing with Holland offers a really kind of dynamic partnership. Okay, it is kind of crazy though that he had two assists and one goal against Fulham, 
<laughs> his XGI was 0.67. In the game before against Sheffield, his XGI was 0.97, and he had nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, that like, one he should have <laughs> Like, that was cr- that's crazy. He's and then he has. And then against New is in Newcastle, he has a fucking XGI of 0.13, and he gets a goal. <laughs> like, that goal was filled. Yeah. No, that... agreed, agreed. But, yeah. like, it's just kind of funny that, like, he, he's playing against his stats, basically. After after that Newcastle? That that Sheffield game, he should have had an FPL assist with the penalty that Holland hit off that's the, yeah. off the post. Valid. So, yeah. that's probably where that... Because it... Oh, no, I guess it's XG that he had that's boosting that stat. He had an XG of 0.79, but... He should have returned in that game as well, nonetheless. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I will say, after that Newcastle match, I was ready to give Foden the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> I mean, he looked so good. Yeah, Luke, you came on this podcast and you were like, everybody, disband your teams. Just build it around Foden. Sell them all. He, he was so good. And then Grealish gets injured and he plays out on the wing and, like, he had moments, but just his FPL value has dropped a lot since that. So okay, can we can we just pause the podcast right now and talk about how much I want to go on a bender with Jack Relish? <laughs> like, how fun would that be? <laughs> like, dead ass. Like, honestly, okay, wait, wait, let's do this real quick. If you could pick two Premier League players to go on a bender with, I'm going to give you mine first: Jack Relish and Ben White. Having we're having a great time. Interesting. Let me think. Um, is always up there. I think he's definitely number one. I think on yeah. in people's lists. Um, I have a good one. I have a good one. I know of one for sure. The second I'm not sure about. I think KDB would be incredible. <laughs> I feel like he would go out like you know occasionally, but I think <laughs> but I would love to hear like imagine no. drunk Kevin De Bruyne. How funny would he be? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, oh, my second where? one, I don't know. Um, I feel like we heard a lot of really interesting things about Emmy Martinez after they won the World Cup. He could be a really, you know, very questionable, but a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to phrase it. That's a good way to phrase it. So I think number one would be Jack Grealish. Two, who I think would be very interesting, but also really scary, Ederson. Yeah, yeah. I like you, that we're, we're all going city people. This is interesting. I mean, because you saw him celebrate the treble. And, I mean, yeah, I said, like, Diaz did, never drank, but he, he took, like, a shot because they won the treble, and he threw up in, like, Ardo Silva's mom's purse. <laughs> what? He took a shot, and he does Oh, my oh, God. My God. That's terrible. Let's love, give him a beer. Like, come on. I love all the videos of Grealish and Holland giving Diaz shit. Like, they just, I think they just rip on him. They're like, dude, you live in the gym, but you look like that. <laughs> yeah. He's in such good shape. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, honestly, in the back of my head, I feel like Jorginho would be a really fun person to go out with. Like, I don't know why. I just feel like, like, there's something there where I'd be like, I feel like he'd be a fun person to go on a bender with. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I don't know. All right, where where Luke, um, Kyle, do you want to say anything else about your forwards? You said um, all of them, right? I, I think my last forward was Raul Jimenez. Um, I just I need 
another forward that's pretty mm-hmm. cheap. Yeah. He has not looked good at all this year, but I am Dude, still. He almost go. scored the goal. He almost scored the goal of the year, though. He did. Um, did y'all see this? I, what was that? I said y'all saw that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I, I think I still might start him this week because they play Luton. Um, he's proven that he can score in the Premier League, so it might be worth throwing him in the in the mix. But they do have Luton, Crystal Palace. Chelsea, Sheffield, and then they kind of have a run of just FDRs of three with Spurs, Brighton, United. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on how he does and how maybe some other lower price strikers end up doing, um, it, it could also be a transfer. Um, I didn't spend too, too much time looking at my front because so far it's really just been Holland, Alvarez, and Raul's been on the bench. So, yeah. Um, what is Raul's price at the moment? Currently, he's sitting at 5.4. Oh, 5.4. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not bad for somebody that's going to get you minutes, honestly. In my mind, I was thinking Carlton Morris could be a really interesting shout. If you have the extra point one, he does have that double. Um, and what is Dude, that? That's he's a seven. beast on corners too. Like this guy, he's he's massive. Built. Yeah, no, he's he's very he's strong. Um, but getting Morrison, I mean, they have Fulham away, they have Wolves at home, um, and then they have that double against Everton and Burnley. And Burnley's at home, so I feel like there's goals in those four games for him. And you you know you get two two games for that one game week too. So something to think about if you could get to that. Um, I think I'm sitting if I if I use this current template right now I have that extra point one I I would currently be sitting on point three in the bank um, which I don't necessarily love currently I have 3.3 million in the bank which Mm -hmm. honestly is too much but it always it gives me that flexibility to transfer to uh almost any high profile asset that i want for any given game week um right. so i like that flexibility but i don't know having 3.3 million in the bank is is kind of hard to seeing you know sometimes these big name people or even middle middle tier kind of go off for for a hat trick or mm-hmm. yeah so I think the good thing about having Salah as well is he's kind of like your get out of jail free card. You know, if you get tired of him, you can move him on. You have so much left over to do whatever you want. Um, that if you're sitting at point three, that might justify it because you can just move on Salah if you decide to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, I'm gonna dive right into my forwards. I have no, look, I didn't. We didn't ask you to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just oh. gonna keep going. Um, so, you didn't ask permission. <laughs> okay. Um, so my first four that I have is Callum Wilson. Ooh. I think that Newcastle are going to have to make a change. The idea going into the season, I think, was rest up Callum Wilson, have him ready for Champions League. 
and he needs to start getting that game time in order to be in good form going into that really difficult group they have in Champions League. Um, Up to this point, he's played 96 minutes, but he still has two goals scored. You know, so you're looking around like crazy. 46, 47 minutes per goal, which is ridiculous. Um, He, I think he's an amazing, very low owned asset and Newcastle have that fixture switch very soon. So it is a little bit of roll of the dice, but I feel fine with leaving him on the bench with the other attacking options I have in this team. So say, you know, around, you know, when they play Sheffield in game week six, he'd be someone that I'd love to start. Even if, say, he gets 40 minutes, you could easily see a brace in those 40 minutes with how, you know, not very solid Sheffield have looked at the back. So he's he's a little bit of a stretch, but someone I'd be willing to take a risk on in this wild card um, because we're still very early on in the season. I feel like, you know, we kind of have to go for it sometimes. And this is one of those kind of safe punts that could that could pay off really nicely. Yeah. Next, I have one of the assets that I don't love, but I think he's going to come good very soon, which is Ollie Watkins. He, you know, at this point, he doesn't have any goals, which is really shocking. I mean, going into game week five, you would think with an XG of, his XG is 1.4, right? A XG of 1.4 and he has no goals. That is beyond frustrating with the three assists like he's turning out some points but at the same time there's much better forwards out there but i do think he's going to start putting the ball in the back of the net because otherwise he's going to be rotated and he's not he's not going to be playing right if he continues to go through this run of form i mean we've Um, talked about this luke i think that if villa want to be the team they want to be this year he has they have to find a way to integrate him into the attack because i mean he's in a like honestly he's a really viable part of their attack but just hasn't happened yet so far in their new system. So, yeah, Villa have, Villa's had a really strange run up to this point. You yeah, know, they yeah. Get Newcastle. They look really great against Everton. Um, look good against well, Burnley as well. And then Liverpool, it just falls apart all over again. So, um, we don't really know what to expect from them, but I do see a nice turn of fixtures, and I think now is a good time to get in on that because um, you can be a little early. I think around game week eight, I think people are going to be tripled up on Villa. So if you want to get in a little bit early now, it's the time to do that at first, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, my last forward, everyone knows who it's going to be. It's Holland. Um, I got burnt last week, not captaining him. That really, really hurt my overall rank. Tell us more about that, Luke. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad, man. I just, I, I broke the golden rule. You don't not captain Holland when they play the I mean, I mean, for anybody listening that doesn't know, though, I think Luke's logic was very sound when he captained Foden over Holland. Yeah, if he was so playing I, that central okay. role, like, yeah, yeah. If I if he's Valid. playing central role underneath Holland, Holland, excuse me, um, I fully <laughs> I fully expect for Foden to get results. But whenever he's playing out on the wing, he's a little separated. He doesn't have that ability to interplay with Holland and play him through. Um, and then you know the points end up going to Alvarez, and that's a huge swing in the week too. So um, that was not my best choice, not captaining Holland. Um, but you learn from it you move on um it was you know 
somewhat of an educated risk, I guess. Um, but I will be captaining Holland um, anytime they're playing at home. Next week is an interesting debate, though. This upcoming game week. Yeah. I think there's a big shout from Madison or Son or even Salah, right? Um, all of those are good options. And City are playing away from home at West Ham. And West Ham yeah. looked really good defensively. So it, it's something to think about. Yeah. No, I think that's poisoning. That, that question is very viable. I think, it, like you said, it's always really difficult to not Captain Holland because you can easily be burnt. But it's an idea, you know. If you want to play that game, you can. Yeah. It's, the odds it's not say you game. will lose. The odds say you will lose. But if you pull it off, then it's a great move. It's it's really hard because I'm with you, Luke, is that I really, really think this would be a week. I was stupid last week, everyone, just to put this out there. <laughs> I Ward Proud. And even though he did return, I would have easily shot over – I think I would have been over 90 points if I captained Holland. Um, yeah. It's mm-hmm. on um, – 70 or like 68 or something like that so I got lucky because I also did have Alvarez in the team and um a few other of my players returned but after that I learned it last year tried to do it again is that you don't not Captain Holland but West Ham they sit back I don't see like yes Holland may score but I don't see City going for you know, a thrashing at West Ham. I don't see them giving up five goals. Um, whereas I could see Wolves giving up five goals to Liverpool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's kind of my debate as well, too. Is like, I have Jota. If he starts, he could easily return. But at the same time, I just, I don't know if I want to put up with the rotation anymore. I mean, I, I will for sure, like I said earlier, I'll be up for that 7.30 game on Saturday. Also, we've been missing the Premier League for a week. So, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> but coming back. I mean, I, I what was it this week? I was like, "Is this what people do?" Like, I, I put up. It's like, what do, you, what do people do on the weekends? <laughs> Wait, you want to go to the farmers market? <laughs> um, what was I was going to say something? Oh yeah, um, just to remind everyone. So for game week five, the first fixture is on Saturday. So we have up until Saturday to pick up. Bless up. Bless up. Get me all those leaks. I want the leaks. If you're really committed to it, here in the U.S., you can wake up at like 5.45, 5.50. Get the leaks. Um, Putting things out there. Take another nap. I can sleep right after. and Drink a beer. Go back to sleep. (laughs) I think think the best way, we're going to game plan this real quick. The best way to do it is just go out Friday night. Stay out till like 6 a.m get the team news, watch all the games, and sleep till sleep till Sunday morning okay, after the games um, are over. I have a question for you. Do we think that going out, Paul, once he gets back, is going to check the team news, make the right decision, and, you know, actually, Paul, do this. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> Paul, I will pay for you to go out. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, okay. Deal. As long as you promise to stay out the whole night. And awake. Yes. I'll, I'll do it by myself. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> All right. Like, 
of like Ted Lasso. He's gonna be like by himself <laughs> a restaurant with his with a beer. He's just gonna learn football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna figure out the what is it? What is it called? Um, ultimate football. Total football, I think. Total football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Luke, are you done mentioning your? Was that all your forwards? Um. Yes, I am done with mine, and I will hand it over to you to share yours. Okay. Thank you, King. So, in opposition to what you said about Wilson, I also agree with your sound premise on that. I think it's a good option, but I'm playing it safer with this wild card, and I'm bringing Isak in as one of my forwards. And that's mainly due to because I mean I think that the run of fixtures they have coming up where I mean. Brentford, Sheffield, Burnley, West Ham, Palace, Wolves. How could you not want a Newcastle attacker? Like, honestly, I think it's like I really wanted to try to find a way to get a Newcastle mid in with bringing Trippier and Isaac in. But it just feels really like I don't love Harvey Barnes coming off the bench. I don't love Al- – honestly, the one I was really thinking about was Almiron because he's had a lot of moments this year where, I mean, he's had a lot of stuff go off the post. He had Edder- – he had – Allison make an amazing save on him on that corner where he, the ball rolled out to him. He just killed it, crushed it at Allison. He made an awesome save. But I, I think he, that he would be viable, but I didn't bring him in. But I think Isak is probably the best way in a Newcastle's attack for for what you pay and what you're going to get out of him. I think he's the best way. Because I think Wilson could be, but we're not certain about that. So I think this is the most certain way to get a Newcastle's attack. Mm-hmm. Okay, and next I have, as you all know, I'm a prisoner of the moment. I have Gabriel Jesus as my second forward. And yes, Arsenal do have a little bit of a difficult run coming up. They're going to play Everton, which I love that. And they play Spurs, which I think there's going to be goals in that game. I I think the North London Derby, I think we're going to see a lot of back and forth action. I think Spurs are going to want to go at Arsenal, and Arsenal is going to want to go at them too. So I think we're going to see an up and down, high pace, fun, really fun match with a lot of goals, which hopefully we see that. Um, and then Bournemouth away, pretty pretty good picture for them. And then City at home, that'll be a fun one. Kyle, we'll have to see how that one goes. We'll we'll see we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, I just think like I think we've seen Arsenal struggle in the beginning of the year, and it's kind of due to like their. The different formation, different things that Arteta's trying. And I think with Jesus back in the fold, you're going to see Eddie come out and Arsenal's attack is going to be better. My, In my estimation, I think they're going to be a lot more cohesive. With, I mean, you just saw like when Jesus subbed on at the end of that game, like his ability to take people one-on-one anywhere on the pitch, like anywhere. And his strength for hold-up play, it just offers a different dimension for Arsenal. We'll see what happens. I think it's a little bit of a risk, but also with having Isak as the other option I have as an attacker and Holland, which I'll go ahead and have Holland too. I think Jesus is a good little shout for um, maybe somewhat of a differential, somewhat of um, a different attacking option for people to look at, you know? Rumor has it that Diego Dello slid all the way to Manchester after <laughs> sent him on that challenge. He didn't even have to get on the team bus. <laughs> That was that was incredible. What a perfect way to end up. That was such a fun fixture to watch. Um, but Jesus is interesting. I, I kind of push back on it, frankly. Um, I Let's think Arsenal are going to have goals in them. 
but we've already seen them struggle this season. And like you said, they have Tottenham coming up soon. Um, they have City, City. They have Chelsea, which I think could actually sneakily be a difficult matchup for them. Um, I don't know. I feel like buying Arsenal assets at this point is kind of different. I think there's a lot better options out there um, because we're all going to think- have probably. You think there's better Arsenal assets or there's better um, no, I, I think overall, assets in general? Just overall, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, somebody's mad. What are you going to say, Kyle? Well, just got a little upset there. <laughs> That's okay. Sometimes we got to bark, you know? Um, I, I like Jesus. Not only for the fact that he can score. I mean, at City, he did struggle in times. But even though Arsenal have struggled, I think he takes up just like a different position than Nketiah does. He, mm-hmm. he, I think they link up with Jesus a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. So if the only thing is his health, I mean, he, he can't stay healthy, which is a big... Uh, you know, downfall, and it's kind of hard to have him at a price point like that to just play a couple weeks and then get injured. Um, but I think if he stays healthy, he's going to give you points. He'll get assist points. He'll get um, such a beautiful piece of footwork to, you know, end the game last week. So. Mm-hmm. It's I, I really do like him. I think Mia has him in her team. And if he would stay healthy, I would put him in mine as well. It's just mm-hmm. – it, it's the injuries for me. I mean, I'm very – I like people who are going to get consistent minutes. Um, Pep Roulette um, is the only one that, that kills me. Um, I'm very surprised. Last year I did not triple up on City Assets. For that reason, and I will probably start moving away from city assets towards Champions League and and things like that. Mm-hmm. Other than, um, so I that's my big thing is I just minutes you have to play them, especially if you're going to be anything over seven seven point five million. You've got to have consistent minutes to to warrant that price point. Yeah. No, so I, I, I go ahead. Go ahead, Luke. I have a point um, after you, but go ahead. Yeah, just to build off of what you're saying, Kyle, I think it's a little counterintuitive, but I personally think that Martinelli's value skyrockets with Jesus coming back. And maybe it could be even better to target Martinelli because Jesus is back than Jesus because he's cheaper. Valid. Um and Martinelli doesn't have that injury history that Jesus does. Mm-hmm. And he, if he if he has the ball at his feet, you just never know what's going to happen. You know, he's he just makes things happen. So uh, Martinelli, someone keep an eye on. I think. Yeah. So I have a sneaky little suspicion here that I think if Jesus would have been playing this whole run of fixtures with Havertz, I think Havertz we're having a different discussion about him. I think he's kind of the perfect player to play with Kai Havertz. Quick little one-two touches. Somebody else that can hold the ball up. I think we're going to see in the next three or four weeks if he gets minutes. I'm I'm still a believer in Havertz. I think I think we could see him kind of go on a run. 
I, mean, I don't know. Personally, there, there's I a lot. There's fear. a lot of hate his way, and the vibes have been off since he's been at Arsenal. But I'm I'm here for the revenge arc for Havertz. I would love to see him go into Stamford Bridge and you know get a hat trick. That would be <laughs> that would be so much. I wanted I wanted nothing more. <laughs> that that would be so chaotic in nature, and I feel like it would fit perfectly for where Chelsea's at right now. Um, yeah, but I also would, would like to see because he can kind of get get people off his back a little bit, give him some breathing room, um, kind of just build that confidence back because he's such a talented footballer, but he's just he's struggling. Um, you know, yeah. we can't be surprised after being at Chelsea for that long. So, yeah, he'll find it. He will. But um, yeah, and then I've Holland to round out my forwards. So that's that's our wild cards. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably, I mean, we, we've definitely been going long enough, so that'll probably do it for us. Um, but well, Kyle, it's do you been like any... 10 minutes. <laughs> Kyle, do you have any closing thoughts for listeners out there? Anything you want to share? Um, no, just, just play your game. I mean, at the end of the day, this, this FPL has opened my eyes to just kind of what football is and how much more enjoyable it can be. Um, I, I asked you guys last week how many how many screens do you watch on on Saturdays, and mm-hmm. I think we all have multiple screens up watching. Um, it's just so fun. So just make sure you enjoy it. Um, and I would just say, like the one word of advice, which I sometimes don't listen to my own advice, is just like play it safe. Like we are we are early on, like. Pick out maybe one or two differentiators, but this early on, like if you are in a league and you're striving to get a lot of points and not fall behind in leagues, kind of stick to like the template team a lot of people have. And, you know, like me, don't Captain James Ward Prowse instead of Holland. <laughs> that sounds, it sounds so ridiculous when you say it out loud. <laughs> for a, 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 a typical game, a typical game week for, for City. So, like, just try not to do stuff like that (laughs) and don't don't be Kyle, (laughs) but (laughs) like have fun with it. Yeah, I think that's that's great advice. Yeah, excellent advice. And it's something that all of us could take to heart, too, because, you know, you get in the moment, it's coming down to the deadline. You're like, oh, you know, maybe Foden could have a great week this week. And then it comes and it bites you in the ass, right? Um, so, you know, we're continually learning, continually getting better. But I love that point you made too, Kyle, where it's like, it, it kind of opens your eyes, right? Whenever you're looking at these assets in game, like you're analyzing teams' formations, what positions they're taking up. And, you know, it, it makes us continually learn about the game as well, which is is incredible, right? That's, that's one of the coolest things about it. Um, I think that's what continually draws us back into it because it is so entertaining and, you know, it's, it's just a lot of fun, right? Um, so thank you for joining us, Kyle. I really appreciate it. It's been amazing yeah. to have you. Um, Paul, I'm going to pass it over to you for any final thoughts you may have. Yeah, I think um, I think everybody should be aware of the players coming back from international fixtures, performances. Kind of a little thing I think we may dive deeper in this at some point on the podcast is that how do we make decisions based on how a player does in their international setup compared to their club setup? 
because, I mean, obviously they could be playing a completely different position. You can see, I mean, look at Zinchenko. He plays in midfield for Ukraine, and he scored this week. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions to ask, but also remember that what they do in international duty may not translate to the club, too. So just remember that. Be aware of injuries. Um, if you're going to wild card, make sure you wild card in a team that you feel comfortable with for a while because you're not going to be able to change it. So, yeah, and any, any advice we give, um, we're here to discuss about that, too. So anybody, feel free to reach out. Yeah, certainly. Um, one final note, though. Try to hold on to those transfers or those wild cards for what you're going to do with your teams until we get all of the um, pre-match press conferences. Um, all the managers will give us a lot of helpful tips on who's healthy, who was possibly injured. Maybe even be Friday, yeah. right? Friday. Friday. We should have all that information by Friday. Yeah. Um, later on Friday, maybe we get information about Son playing up top. That would be a huge, huge information to get for us. But um, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Kyle, once again, thank you so much yeah, for thank you, Kyle. joining us this week. But I think that's going to be it for this week. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.